to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the, the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Well, good morning, friends. Uh, thank you for reading the passage, and happy Easter. But uh, we're going to consider this passage. Let's turn to God in prayer and ask him that he will give us fresh eyes to see this, this Easter story afresh. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you might grant us fresh eyes this morning, that we might see of the wonder of Easter, and that we might see of the glory of Christ. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, in the Christian calendar year, Easter stands at the very centre. Now, some of you might be thinking that that's a strange idea. Why would Easter stand at the centre of the Christian calendar? Many of us, I suspect, would think Christmas stands at the centre. Christmas is the middle of our faith, isn't it? The presents... The, the stable, the manger, the wise men, the birth, the baby, the joy, the celebration. Christ, uh, Christmas is important. But why Easter? I mean, at Easter, what do you get? At Easter, you get the cross. At Easter, you get an execution. You've, you've got this crucifixion at Easter. And, and I'm pretty sure if you ask any of the children here today, they'll prefer Christmas over Easter. Now ask them, would they prefer a Christmas present or Easter eggs? I'm sure they'll take a Christmas present over Easter eggs any day. But you see, Easter does stand at the centre of the Christian faith. Now if this still sounds a bit strange to you, it will become clear as we look at this passage, this passage of that first Easter event. And so this morning, this Good Friday morning of 2015, I'd like us to consider the very first Good Friday morning. In fact, more than that, I want us this morning to be there that morning, the very first Good Friday morning, so that we can hear of the hustle and bustle of life in Jerusalem, so that we can smell of the dust-filled air as thousands of pilgrims make their way to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, So, so that we can see this morning with our very own eyes what actually happened what actually took place that first Easter. But, but this, this, this Good Friday morning, you're, you're waking up. And you're not waking up as someone who will have to work the fields in Jerusalem, who will have to harvest the wheat. You're not waking up as a blacksmith who is melting some metal. You're not waking up this morning as a baker, baking some bread. No, this morning, you're there, Good Friday morning, you're waking up in chains. You're waking up in shackles. You're waking up in prison. 
You wake up too depressed to smell of the flowers of spring. You wake up this morning too anxious to feel any joy. You wake up this morning too tired because you couldn't really sleep last night. And you wake up this morning terrified because you see today is the day of your execution. So imagine for a moment, you're there that morning, Good Friday morning. And imagine for a moment, you're the same Barabbas we read of in this passage. You're in prison. And that's because you've been arrested. It's because you've been trialled before the Roman court and you've been found guilty with two others. And your offence? Well, you're Barabbas. You're the ringleader of a revolution against Rome. You're a rebel. You've, you've led these guerrilla attacks and many were killed. You're notorious. And your penalty? Well, this morning, it is execution by crucifixion. What are you thinking this morning? This is you, locked in the prison cell. What are you feeling this morning? Well, you're guilty and you know it. You're done for and you know it. Your time has come. You're a bit like the first century Andrew Chan waiting for his execution. But the only difference is that you know your date. It is today, Good Friday morning. And as you look outside the prison bars, you look over and over, over on the hill, you see Mount Golgotha. You, you peer and you see the soldiers, the Roman soldiers. They're preparing the day for the crucifixion. They're, they're preparing three crosses. And you know that one of it is for you. The other two for your inmates. But then this morning, there's a sense of frenzy and hysteria outside the prison. There's jeering and, and shouting and sneering. But you're not quite sure what's going on on the outside. You're in the prison. And so what's going on? Well, you don't really know what the ruckus is all about. You're in prison. But we know from this passage what's happening on the outside. A man by the name of Jesus, he was being tried by Pilate, the governor of the region. Now, Pilate, he had no sympathy for the Jews. He, he knew they were bringing these trumped-up charges against Jesus. They, they, he knew that, that he's a clever man. He knew that they were doing this out of envy. And the crime of Jesus, well, he claims to be the king of the Jews. But Pilate examines him. He says, this man is innocent. Now, of course, you're in prison. You actually don't know that that's happening. But then the crowd outside is getting louder and noisier. What's going on outside the prison walls? And so you're trying to make out what they're shouting about. And you listen intently. And what do you hear? Well, it sounds like they're shouting out your name. They're shouting your name. It sounds like they're shouting out Barabbas. And you listen a bit more intently. And it sounds like they're shouting out those awful words. Crucify him. Crucify him. What are you thinking? You're inside prison. Well, if me, my, my heart would probably be trembling with fear, with anguish, with agony. My time has come. And this is the end. Now, now that's all you know. You don't really know too much. You're inside the prison walls. That's all you can gather from the muffled shouting. But now, let's step back outside the prison walls. Well, what's really happening on the outside? Well, we look at our passage. You see, Pilate brought Jesus out. 
presented him to the crowd and rather do what was right and declared, this man is innocent, I find nothing wrong with him. And Pilate should have done that, he should have let Jesus off. He should have even listened to his wife. His wife recognised that this man is righteous, have nothing to do with him. But Pilate instead thought, well, there's a tradition. I've got this tradition. I'll grant a Passover amnesty to some prisoner. I'll release some prisoner today. Maybe this crowd will want this innocent man released. And so Pilate, with some audacity, he goes to the crowd and he's thinking, I've got the life of this man in my hands. I control whether this man dies or lives. And he goes to the crowd. So who do you want released today? Who do you want? Who do you choose? There's a guy in prison. He's a, he's a thief. He's the murderer. He's notorious. Barabbas. Do you want Barabbas? Or do you want this man here? An innocent man. Jesus. The Messiah. Who will you choose? Well, the crowd, perhaps it was just mob psychology, or perhaps they just didn't care too much for Jesus. They've heard some stuff about him. They've heard that up north he was doing some miracles in Galilee, but but Barabbas, the crowd, were thinking, he's our hero, though he's a murderer. He's a freedom fighter. He's fighting against the Romans for us. And and the crowd, they're hearing their leaders, the priests. They're, They're telling us to ask for Barabbas. And so to the shock surprise of Pilate, they scream out, Barabbas, we want Barabbas. Now Pilate, of course, was confused. He's baffled. What about Jesus? This man is innocent. What do you want me to do with him? Crucify him. Crucify him. Now it's remarkable that any Jewish person who want anyone else crucified. You see, crucifixion was a Roman punishment and it was abhorrent to most Jews. But yet it got louder. Crucify him. Crucify that innocent man. So what did Pilate do? Well, if he was a man of justice, a man of honesty, a man of honour, he should have released Jesus. In fact, if he just listened to his wife, he should have released Jesus. But Pilate was a coward. Afraid that a riot might break out, what did he do? What was his verdict? Well, he washed his hands in front of them all. He said, I am innocent of this man's blood. It's your responsibility. And so what did the crowd do? What did they say? God, they didn't care. And with their awfully incriminating words, they say, well, let the blood be on us. Let it be on us and on our children. They were even proud of their guilt. Now, of course, you're still in prison. You're Barabbas. You don't know that this is happening. But you're hearing a lot of shouting, a lot of noise on the outside of the prison walls. And it appears that they want you crucified. You're hearing your name and you're hearing crucify him. You're thinking that's you. But then suddenly you you hear some footsteps. And the footsteps are getting louder. It's the footsteps of the soldiers, the guards. And then you hear the the keys, they're they're clanging. Now what are you thinking at this moment? Or maybe your heart will beat faster and faster, beads of sweat dripping down from your head because you know this is it. 
this is the end. And so you, you push yourself to the corner of a cell. You, you hope, out of all hopes, to avoid the unavoidable. And then you hear the door squeak open. The guards come in. And what do they do? Well, they didn't grab you ruthlessly and drag you out like your two other inmates. They walked up behind you. They unlocked your chains. They unlocked your shackles. They took it off. You're a free man. You can go free. Now, what will you be feeling now? You're Barabbas. This was the end, but somehow it was turned around. What will you be feeling? Well, what's going on here? Has there been some mistake? I thought I'll be crucified this day with the two others. And so you walk outside, a free man, confused, disorientated, dumbfounded. And that muffled noise you were hearing, that, that muffled shouting, well, it's becoming clearer. They're in fact shouting for you, Barabbas, Barabbas. In fact, the people were cheering for you. And so what are you thinking now? Relieved, overjoyed, elated. This is my day. The Lord has had mercy on me today. I'm a free man. But then you look over and you see the man Jesus. He's being whipped. He's being tortured. He's being flogged and it was just unbearable to watch. They're taunting him. They're, they're mocking him. They're, they're, they're mocking him as though he was the king of the Jews. They're treating him like rubbish. They're treating him worse than they treated you. What did this man do? And then it became clear what was happening. He was going to be crucified. They made this man, Jesus, carry the cross that was meant to be for you. And then they paraded him down the streets of Jerusalem until they, they walked outside the city walls. You're a free man now, Barabbas, you, you can go free. So you follow along. And there you see the soldiers nailing him to the cross that was meant to be for you. And with each swing of the hammer, nailing Jesus to the cross, you look at your own wrist and you're thinking, that could have been me. And then they hoisted Jesus up on the cross between the two other criminals. What are you thinking now? What are you feeling now? Well, you stand there, free man, but there on the cross was one who took your place. His life was exchanged for your life. Now, you know you're guilty. You know that you deserve to be up there on the cross. You know you're not innocent. He's there instead of you. What will you be feeling? Relief. Guilt. Joy. Burden. Amazement. Shame. But we see that's, in a sense, the Easter story told through the eyes of Barabbas. But of course, who knows what Barabbas was actually feeling or thinking that morning. It's not recorded down for us. We don't know what he really saw, what he really felt, what he really heard that morning. We don't even know if those two criminals were, were his two co-rebels. But we do know this. This is what happened that first Easter. There was the great exchange. 
You see, an innocent man, Jesus Christ, took the place of the guilty criminal Barabbas. There was a swap. There was an exchange. And so, what happened? Well, the innocent man, Jesus, and he was innocent. We know that he's innocent. Pilate recognised that he was innocent. His wife recognised that he was innocent. And when we look over the life of Jesus, what, what do we see? Well, we see a man who went around teaching, love God, love your neighbours, love even your enemies. We see a man who healed the sick, who touched the leprous, who opened the eyes of the blind, who gave hearing to those who were deaf, who restored the paralytic, who even raised the dead. This was an innocent man. Jesus Christ, an innocent man, was tortured, brutalised, crucified, in the place of the guilty, notorious Barabbas. The innocent suffers so that the guilty walks free. You see, that's the great exchange of Easter. That's actually what we do know happened at Easter. We might not know what Barabbas was thinking or feeling, but that did happen. There was this exchange. But now we must ask, you see, that's all well and good for Barabbas. But what does it actually have to do with me today? What does it actually have to do with you today? Well, here comes the great and profound and wonderful message of Easter. It's why it stands at the centre of the Christian faith. You see, in the greatest travesty of justice in human history, the exchange between the innocent and the guilty the innocent Jesus and the guilty Barabbas, you see, that's in fact a picture of, an illustration of, to point us to the greater exchange that happened at Easter. You see, the greater exchange that happened at Easter was between the innocent Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and guilty sinners, rebels, those who rebelled against the King of this universe, those who have offended God. That's the great exchange that did happen. Now the Bible actually tells us that this is, these are people like me and you who have either ignored God, people who, who have perhaps even shake our puny fists at God and say, stay away from me. We don't want you in my life. You have no place. Your laws, your rules, your, your, your business that has no place in my life at all. This is my life. And the truth is, this might be hard to believe, but we actually know better than Barabbas. There's an Australian songwriter, he describes it this way, he says, So call me Barabbas, because that's who I am. All I deserve has been given to him. The guilty set free, the innocent must die. A lifetime of sin is all that I know. I should have been killed, but Jesus let me go. I can't forget the death of that man. It set free Barabbas. And that's who I am. You see, we're in trouble. The Bible says we're in trouble. In fact, the penalty for our rebellion against the king of the universe is in fact far more frightening, far more terrifying, far more horrifying than a penalty that Barabbas faced in his rebellion against Rome. You see, for us, the Bible says, we face a godless eternity. An eternity separated from the God who made us, the God who gives us life. Separated from all that is good and pure and righteous and holy and joyful. 
separated from all that we enjoy in this life forever. But the great exchange of Easter, the innocent for the guilty and done out of love for us, that is what we see. That is the wonder, the great message of Easter. And we saw this in our first reading. Do you, do you see that when Chris read that? Written some 700 years before the Easter event. In Isaiah chapter 53, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. This was no random occurrence. And we heard Chris say this morning, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Easter is about the great exchange, the innocent for the guilty. Jesus takes the place for rebels like us. He steps into our cell. He unchains us. He puts it upon himself. He gets flogged in our place. He carries the cross in our place. He hangs there on the cross in our place. And he does that out of love. You see, Jesus does for us what he did for Barabbas so that we can walk free, so that we can have life, so that we will never face a godless eternity. This is the great exchange of Easter, done out of love for us. This is the great story of Easter, done out of love for us. But you see, this story is just a story, but it can become your story. You see, if you're here this morning, and Easter is just bunny rabbits, and Easter eggs, and chocolates, and public holidays, the Bible actually says you're missing out. You're missing out big time. You see, there is so much for you when you come to understand and see and believe what Easter is about. Because for those who firstly admit, I'm a great sinner. I have offended the God of the universe. And so for those who admit that and then come to accept, I need a great saviour and Jesus is that saviour. Then that exchange, that, that first Easter, is for you. Jesus does for you what he did for Barabbas. He hangs, you walk. He dies, you live. And so this Easter, what will you do? Just chocolates, holidays, Easter eggs? There's something so much better than that because the Son of God came for you. What will this Easter be for you? I see that this is your story too. Christ died for you. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that out of your love you would send your Son on this mission that there will be this great exchange, the innocent one taking our place, the guilty one, that we might walk free, that we might have life. And so we pray that this morning you might help us see and admit that we are a great sinner and to accept that we are in need of a great saviour. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.